Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to a new episode of Talking Pitching. Nick Pollock here, and we have a returning guest. He joined us with PitchCon back in May with Andy Patton and Trevor Huth, and it's the Detroit Tiger pitcher, Tarek Skubal. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Hey, chill out. So, so we're used to having dogs uh, bark on our podcast. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it's, it's a standard of ours. Yeah, uh, just pest control, whatever. <laughs> don't, don't relax. So, but uh, but I'm really excited to talk to you because I mean I think you have a very unique story when it comes to 2020, uh, and especially as far as looking forward to 2021, I think there's a lot for you still to show, and I want to talk about all that stuff with you. Um, and really just starting off, I mean, obviously this year as a whole has not gone as we anticipated, of course, but especially for you, of course, when you contracted COVID back in June uh, before the season started. And what was that experience like for you? I, I can imagine it must have been incredibly hard for you. Yeah, so um, I was healthy all through quarantine and everything. And I was, you know, trying to stay away and be smart and be safe about it. Um, I didn't really ever go see friends and family or anything like that. Um, but right when things were starting to kick up again, baseball, um, they, I went and did a little Father's Day thing, and I got COVID from that. Um, but I actually, I missed all of summer camp, so I, I didn't, I wasn't able to throw or anything like that. And and I was kind of quarantined in my house for two weeks, so I had to throw into like a one of those socks. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you strap it around your wrist and throw. So that's how I was throwing. And then once I got out to um, the alternate site, you know, I just kind of got back into a rhythm and stuff and then debuted. So, I mean, obviously with all of that, like your energy is depleted. You you are out of rhythm, of course. Uh, did you feel a lot just with this entire season that it took much longer than expected for you to get into your rhythm? Even after you debuted, did you kind of feel like that was your spring training still? Um, a little bit because I was kind of getting built up as well. Um, I was I'd only thrown a couple innings at the alternate site. Oh, mm-hmm. Relax, relax. <laughs> and I only threw a couple um, innings at the alternate site, and then after that, I, I then I was getting built up, and that pitch count was was going up as well. So I was only throwing. I think my last outing at the alternate site was like forty two pitches. So I was getting built up to that 100-pitch threshold, and then I was debuting at the same time. So I feel like I was learning or trying to get my body the way I want to go, but also you know trying to get you know big league hitters out. So it was definitely challenging. Right. And yeah, from our perspective, we hear about the alternate site, and we really don't know much about this. Uh, what was it like there? I mean, obviously no minor leagues this year. Are you facing the same hitters over and over again? Does it have that same feeling of the minor leagues to you? Um, I don't think so. They try to do the best job they could, you know, make it feel like a game, but you kind of know it's not a game. Mm -hmm. And just like the competitive juices don't flow the same. And you do face like whatever the teams were that day, you got like five hitters, you know, versus a pitcher. 
So if I was starting and going three innings, I would face those five hitters for three straight innings, you know, whether, hmm. you know, and then get kind of get through that lineup. So the lineup would like flip over, you know, right away in the right. second inning, you'd be facing the leadoff guy again. Um, and then some, we had some guys rehabbing with us, so they would lead off every inning. Um, I remember Cameron Maven came down and rehabbed against us and he let off every inning of the entire scrimmage. So he hit, he had like 10 at bats that day. Um, right. But it, they do their best, but, you know, the, you weren't allowed to have a lot of people there in the first place. So we had, like, some coaches playing infield, some coaches playing the outfield. So, like, fly balls were all of a sudden triples. Um, huh. So it was, it was interesting. But, you know, they did their best job, you know, the, the best they could in the situation that we were in. So, I mean, there's not much Definitely. more you can ask for. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we have this idea that you are at the alternate site and you're developing and you're changing things and you're tweaking, you're uh, reshaping your, your breaking balls, for example. Did you find yourself yeah. more of just, I need to get myself in rhythm to what it was last year? Or did you find yourself at the alternate site really making adjustments before your debut this year? I think probably more adjustments. Um, and, and you were able to work and really work on things and go out in the games and work, you know, scrimmages and work on things. Because like the numbers, the numbers mattered, but like it wasn't like a normal season. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you could you could like really have an emphasis on doing one thing or you know one thing in the outing or fixing something. Because like for instance, I I was tipping my pitches with the way I would move my glove, and one of the pitching coaches picked that up the first my first outing. He goes, "Hey, every off speed you do two clicks or whatever, and every fastball you don't move it." Oh, wow. And I was like, "Oh wow, interesting," you know, and. uh so my next outing, that's what my main focus was on. And you can do that and not worry about, you know, the, really the results because you're working on something else. And um, so I, I feel like it was very developmental and which, which I really, I really like that aspect of it too. You know, bullpens were very, you know, working on things and working on things that you're not good at um, mm-hmm. that sometimes you don't get the chance to do that in a season because at the end of the day, it matters kind of what you're doing on the mound. Um, you can throw a great side bullpen and stuff, but it doesn't matter if you're not getting out. So, um, yeah, definitely. there was that aspect of it that was, that was actually really, you know, important, I think. And I hope a lot of people, you know, everyone took advantage of that. Sure. So where were you when you found out that you'd been called up to the majors? Um, I was playing video games in my apartment in Toledo. <laughs> uh, I actually missed the phone call. Um, I was playing video games with some of my friends and, um, I got the call and I missed it and I, cause I had my phone like this and I must've been, you know, I was playing call of duty. So I must've been in some sort of game. And then I flipped my phone over and I was like, Oh wow. I just missed a phone call from Dave Littlefield. <laughs> and usually when you get those calls, it's like every other time I've gotten a call like that, it's usually I'm, you know, getting promoted. So I immediately sure. the heart started racing and stuff. And then I called him back and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And I go good. And, um, I immediately turned off the video games and kind of, packed my bag, did some laundry and got ready to go. That's crazy. So essentially it was like, Hey, we need you on a flight in a couple hours or something like that. And you just got out of there. Maybe not a flight, of course, to being this year. Uh, yeah, we just met the team. The team was flying from Detroit to Chicago that next day. So we just mm-hmm. met the team on that flight. And then we couldn't really say anything or tell anyone just because it wasn't official yet. So right. uh, um, we couldn't post or anything like that. But then we were on a plane and worked out with the team the next day. And then I started the day after that. That's great. And and when you arrived, was there a pitcher or a player that pulled you aside and helped you get acclimated? I think our entire team did a really good job. You know, when we showed up on the plane. We were there very early compared to where the team was. 
Um, so we were there probably the first, you know, me, Casey and Brady's were there the first three on the plane. And as everyone got on the plane, they all, everyone came out and it was like, Hey, congratulations, congratulations, you know? And, um, but the team was great, but if I had to like single it out, um, that night when we flew to Chicago, Boyd, we had like a, we did a little dinner thing and he ordered some food for us to the hotel and, you know, said congratulations and all that kind of stuff too, which was, which was awesome for him. And he's been huge to like lean on a guy like that. That's been around and experienced a ton. Uh, but he's also left-handed so I can pick his brain about sure. pretty much everything. And we do pitch, uh, very similar as well. So I can watch him, sure. how he attacks and, um, we do a little bit things different, but, um, for the most part we do attack guys pretty much the same. So, Definitely. We had the pleasure of interviewing Boyd back in uh, February. We can actually do things in person and unbelievably nice guy. I cannot express yeah, that enough. Incredible. He's, he's, I told him he's too nice. I'm like, you gotta be like <laughs> mean sometimes. But, uh, um, Definitely. And uh, yeah. speaking of Mize, um, there's also, there's a huge crop, of course, of you uh, prospect pitchers with the Tigers. Uh, there's Mize, there's also Manning, there's Fajardo. Um, and I'm sure I'm for even forgetting one right now, but is there some healthy competition between you guys? Oh, I think a hundred percent. Um, and I, I think that's great. I think it's, it's really mm-hmm. good. Um, in the area last year when we were all, uh, once Fajardo, Manning and Casey, we were all pitching and we would show up and, you know, I don't, we never really talked about it. Like we weren't like, Hey, you know, I just went six scoreless with this. Are you going to beat that tomorrow? It wasn't ever like verbal competition sure. but we all kind of knew you know like all right well this guy just set the tone or i'm gonna go match that you know or this guy did this all right i'm gonna go you know be better than him and i, I think that we all kind of had that general agreement um mm-hmm. i'm very competitive that aspect too so maybe i took a little too like more or knew more but uh, i think everyone kind of knew what was going on you know and it was a lot of fun to pitch with all those guys but yeah there is some some friendly competition i think between us that's really cool i so one thing that we are always so curious about is the information pipeline. That is, how much are the majors and minors talking to each other about developing you? And are there uh, certain things that when you get to the majors, they say, okay, cool, we want you now doing this that you didn't know about before? And is there some different element of coaching that once you reach the major leagues, you start getting to help you improve? Yeah. So there's just a lot of information, you know, everything, there's a lot more information, you know, at whatever you want, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's people that are mining the data and, and and putting together the, you know, the, the charts and all that stuff for whoever you're facing. So I think that's a, that's a thing where you can also get lost in that information too. You know, if you don't know what you're looking at and you just start to get confused, you know, um, but I think what was huge for me was like really understanding hitters and uh, Rick Anderson did a great job of that. Like we would sit down and he would sit down right next to us and we would watch a game and whoever was pitching, whatever was going on, you know, really understanding what the hitter was trying to do or what pitch you should throw to throw, you know, being one step ahead. And, and I think that was huge for me because I had never, like I'd always thought about sequencing and I feel like I was always, you know, smart about that, you know, but it was like a different level of, of what I was trying to do that I've never really thought of. So that was mm-hmm. fun to be able to sit there and learn and listen to everybody because, you know, I might throw this pitch in this count, but Boyd might throw this one or Casey might throw this one right. or Turnbull or Fulmer might throw, you know what I mean? So it was fun to kind of listen and, and, and really just listen just because I, I, I didn't really know much. So I was just trying to listen as much and learn as much as I could. So. And what, uh, I think what that was is that important. conversation like where, or, you know, what are you focusing on when it comes to the opposing hitter? Are they bad at 
sliders down and in or susceptible to the fastball up and away. And is yeah. there obviously there's always a question of great. This is what he's bad at, but this is not what I'm good at. And oh, how are yeah. you making those decisions? Yeah, so I think there's there's one thing you can you can get this great you know pitch plan and you can get this great scouting report and you can have like all right I'm gonna throw this pitch this pitch this pitch but if you don't do it on that first pitch it's kind of like you got to learn sure. and adjust you know within that at that so you can have that great that great scouting report but if you're not executing every pitch it doesn't matter as much as you think it would so mm-hmm. and like that in that same thought like I think. I should always go with my strength, even if it's the hitter's strength, just because if the hitter, you know, hammers fastballs up and in, and that's where I want to pitch to him with two strikes, I'm going to throw my fastball up and in because I think the mind's different than, you know, the average fastball that's going to go up sure. and in, you know? So, but there's also like that data that you get where you can pull Boyd, uh, put me onto this was you can get your stuff and your metrics and all that stuff. And you can compare it to other lefties throughout the league and, then you can get your scouting report based on that lineup, you know, with your mm-hmm. stuff going against them, which I thought was very interesting. And I had never seen that before. Um, Cause you some like in, in the minor, you get scouting reports, but it's righties and lefties. It's not really like lefties sure. against this type of lineup too. Um, I think so I thought great. that was really interesting too, to kind of dive into because like this guy might hit fastballs really well down the middle, but if I throw my fastball, you know, I can get away with it just because it's just different than, you know, a, a, a normal left-handed fastball or slider or chained up or curveball or, you know, something like that. Definitely. And, and yeah, let's talk more about your repertoire because I love your four-seamer and I love also hearing you say I want to go up and in to guys because uh, this is something I say endlessly. If you want to have success in the majors, if you're able to put a fastball up and in either lefty or righty, you're going to be able to have success. We've seen pitchers that we've say labeled with not necessarily electric stuff have good performances because they're just able to put their heaters in those locations. And the best part about you is that, yeah, you have 95 miles per hour that you have shown that you want to elevate. You want to put up and in, but you also have breaking stuff that can fall down as well. Crafting one, I like to call the Blake Snell blueprint of hard stuff up and then soft stuff's down. Uh, how are you generally approaching it? Is it really that mentality of a guy can make curveball, change up and slide her down and guy get that fastball up? Or are you going more in out uh, rather than north south? Um, I, I kind of do both at, at times. You know, if I'm if I'm struggling with locating my fastball down, I always try to work down early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's important to get down and in and down and away early. Um, but it's also important to get up and in and up and away early, you know, just because you got to establish all four you know, quadrants of the plate. Um, sure. Cause I mean, a, a really, a, a really well executed down and away fastball is, is kind of hard to hit as a hitter if you're doing everything else off that. And I think I got to work down because it helps set up everything else. Like my slider mm-hmm. off my fastball, I need to work down. I can't just go up and then throw a slider down cause I'll just take because I haven't located that fastball, you know, down and in yet. Um, so yeah, I try to do both, but I mean, latent counts, definitely I'm trying to go up a little bit more. Um, but, you know, early in counts, I'll get away. Sometimes I'll miss up because I, I, that's generally where I'm going to miss. So I, I try to think down and I'll miss up. Um, but, yeah, late in counts, I try to go up, you know, try to elevate my fastball up because then it sets up the curveball and the slider. And then, you know, you can go down and then you can get changeups and sliders and stuff. So just kind of I think fastball command is huge, you know, for every pitcher. I think it sets up Definitely. every every other pitch. And I'm curious about the history of your repertoire. I remember seeing um, some innings of yours from 2019, and it was mostly fastball curveball. 
And that curveball got me very excited, of course. Uh, I mean, huge hook, especially to lefties where you see them buckle often. And then when I got a good look at you, of course, this year, you actually favored your slider two to one to your curveball. Was there a certain moment when you start shifting more towards sliders or was just always that way? And I, I, you know, I saw a small sample of a couple innings here and there. Was it always fastball slider or was it fastball curveball? And then was there a transition? Yeah. So in 2019, I was a lot of fastballs and then curveballs, you know, down out of the zone and stuff like that. And slider mm-hmm. was kind of my strike pitch. I would just throw it to get back into counts and stuff. Uh, but then I got a little bit more confident in my slider and I think it kind of complemented my fastball down the zone a little bit better. And then I was trying to figure out my curveball just because in 2019, my curveball got swing and misses, but it just wasn't, it spun like a slider, like gyro spin and it sure. went down, but it wasn't really like, like the analytics didn't back what the results I was getting on it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just kind of was a credit to my fastball at the time, just because I was throwing fastballs up and then, you know, curveballs off of it. So I went into the off season and I've kind of revamped that curveball and that's a pitch that I'm trying to just get more and more confident in, you know, every outing and I want to throw it more just because I'm still learning how to spin it the right way and, and do what I want it to do. Um, so that's why I lean more on my slider just cause I was a little bit more comfortable with it. And, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's probably why I threw my sliders this, this year than I have in the past. But yeah, I definitely threw a lot of curveballs in 2019. Uh, but. And how about that, the changeup as well? Are you seeing that more on the, the levels of, of your slider? Or actually, among all your secondary pitches, that was the one that earned the most whiffs, uh, believe it or not. Uh, so is that how you're attacking with it? Or is it just kind of a uh, something that happened? You happen to throw good changeups to, to right-handers and gain those swings and misses on it? Yeah, I think I just faced a ton of righties. You know, I didn't face a ton of lefties. I think I think I had the twins once, and they put three lefties in there. Sure. I think, and you know, I, and then the next time I faced them, everyone was back healthy in the lineup, and it was nine righties or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to get the changeup going. That was like a big pitch for me. Like I, I'm gonna my fastball is gonna get hit if I don't have my changeup. Um, so that's a pitch that I just was kind of forced to throw, just because I was facing a lot of righties. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's still a pitch I'm working on. That's kind of the emphasis this off season too, is like get my changeup to really fade and dive instead of kind of stay. I, I just was getting too behind it with my fingers. So it was just kind of spinning backspun real like a, like a four seamer, but it just right. wasn't, you know, it was just slower. And at times it would get crushed because it was like a BP fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, that's the pitch I just got to get more consistent with as well. And that's kind of, that'll be my, you know, focus w- along with, you know, everything else. I'm assuming, of course, that's a four-seam grip instead of the uh, the two-seam circle change. Yeah, correct? so I was I had a four-seam grip, and then I switched mm-hmm. it to a two-seam grip um, probably after my fourth start. After okay. my fourth start, right before I faced Kansas City, I switched it to a two-seam. What made you uh, change the it? first time? Um, I just felt like I was getting more fade and sink as opposed to kind of straight, slow. Um mm-hmm. And I was just playing catch and Boyd was actually like, yeah, here's how I throw my, my change up. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll try it. And I was talking to Norris cause he has a really good change up too. Yeah. Um, so I was talking to him, you know, one day and I'm like, Hey, how do I need that change up in my repertoire? Like if I could just do that, I would think I would have a lot, you know, better results. And we were just kind of talking and throwing and, and throwing the baseball back and forth and trying to create this spin that he does. Um, so yeah, I think, and he kind of throws it off the two seam too. Mm-hmm. But he does a little bit different things with his pointer finger that I just can't get comfortable doing. So I just 
I just kind of moved it to a two seam. And then I actually kind of, I feel like every day I would pick up a change up grip and like tinker with it uh, sure. just to try and find something that, you know, moves a little bit more. Uh, right. But yeah, that's why I switched it. Because boy, yeah, that's, that's typically the problem with the four seam grips is that it doesn't have enough exaggerated movement and it just replicates yeah. the four seam or too much. If you don't get enough of the drop, I remember actually, um, there's this fantastic video of uh, Pedro Martinez talking about Jarrell Cotton's changeup. Um, if you remember him, about three, four years ago, we were so excited with him and uh, on, on the A's. And he essentially takes a four-seamer grip, but then puts it on the side more. So that on release, he, it's forcing him to pronate more so than usual and fall off of it. And that forces then more fade than the, the typical one. But man, I can never do it. My my ring finger just didn't ever want to throw the baseball. It was always just index and middle for me. So everyone that could yeah, throw a circle change, I was so jealous. Yeah, no, that's definitely the the struggle. Is like you're using a different finger than you normally would. That's the dominant one, mm-hmm. um, because most pitches do come off that middle finger. You know, middle finger and pointer finger, and even if you're throwing sliders, curveballs, whatever. Um, so that is like kind of the struggle. Um, but also like. With changeups, your thumb, you know, thumb placement can impact it so much just because the way that your thumb is and how it's keeping the ball on your fingers through pronation. Right. Um, so that's just something that I was always constantly tinkering on. Like, hey, what can I throw that I can throw with good intent? that gets the velocity separation and, you know, gets the good pronation through the baseball to where it, it, it kind of runs and sinks. So that's you know, kind of the- something that I'm still working on. I mean, on the topic, of course, of changeups is Devin Williams winning the Rookie of the Year uh, with the Brewers. Yeah. And you can actually see in the slow motion, essentially, uh, you're talking about thumb placement as like, your support, right? But really, when he's throwing his changeup, it's that circle two-seam grip with the pinky being the support. Because he just turns his wrist completely, and now yeah. the pinky's right underneath it. The, the horseshoe is at the top. Uh, and essentially, you're, get, you're keeping that horseshoe at the top of it. You get the... Uh, the seam shifted wake uh, from what a fantastic um, presentation I saw last week. Uh, and it kept, keeps the seam on top that changes the, it adds an extra force, of course, to keep it down. And he does such a good job of keeping the ball completely flat on, res, on release, which is so hard to do. It's not yeah. like, oh, just do that. You know, that's really, really hard. Yeah. Cause I, I watched it live and I watched the pitching into videos and I'm like, mm-hmm. Dude, I, I just need to try to do that. But he throws like a, it's like a righty slider, you know what I mean? Yeah, like a, like yeah. a lefty slider, right-handed. Because he spins, yeah. it's like a three thousand spin rate pitch. Usually, change up, you're like kill spin, kill spin, kill spin. But his is like three thousand spin, like spin rate, and it's, I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, it's that's why so he, good. he punched out a, a million this year, but as as he uh, should. I mean, I think like no, yeah. I, I think they were doing stats about the distance between the swing and the ball. Uh, and his was like the highest than any of your single whiff. Like everyone just I, I missed totally it by a complete it. mile. <laughs> I totally believe it. One of my buddies um, is actually in the Brewers organization, and he says like hmm. his sliders also like wipe out too. So, but he didn't have to throw it just because that changeup was so good. Um, it's so fun every so year. You just have all these guys that just come out of nowhere. We go, oh, this person is amazing. This is fantastic now. Oh, yeah. uh, so I. Uh, so going back to a little bit about the experience of you, you know, making your debut and stuff. Did you have a specific moment? that made you feel I've made it to the majors now? Um, I don't, you know, I've, I've thought about that and I don't think I've had that moment yet. If that, mm. if that's, you know, weird enough, like I would, I would be watching a game or fourth, fifth inning or something like that. And I look up and I'm like, 
like this is the big leagues, you know, like this is major league baseball and that would happen almost every game, you know? So that was, that's a lot of, that's a ton of fun. You know, that feeling is like really like awesome and I can't describe it, but, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes I'll I'll like watch some video and I I can't like it's it's weird that connection the or disconnection I guess you know where it doesn't feel like that's me but it is me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know I I don't know if I've had you know that feeling yet. But you know when I'm I'm playing I'm like yeah this you know it's the same game and all that. But yeah, I don't know if I've had that feeling. Sure, I mean you played in front of zero fans. So yeah. I, I imagine going to Detroit and hearing the crowd for the first time might bring that uh, a little bit of shock yeah. in the best way. Yeah, I mean, when so. I got my first win, that was like a, I was like, mm. wow, this is, you know, this is fun. You, you know, you have the whole shower and everything like that. Um, but yeah, that was a, I mean, that might have been the feeling where I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, I feel like your confidence gets boosted and stuff like that. Um, but so, so talk to me about the rhythm of the season, your final three starts, I would say possibly the best that you had, say for that Minnesota one that you mentioned, I, uh, you had a collection of 22 strikeouts in your final three outings. You, uh, obviously that does include, of course, one in relief against the Royals. You also threw your change it more in those. Was that that two seamer grip and were you just really yeah. feeling it on those days? Yeah, that was the two seam, uh, grip. And that was something that I was really, really working on and, and, and I needed to throw because you need it. You know, I think the changeup is the best pitch in baseball. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I needed it, especially with facing a bunch of righties, uh, something to get them off the, you know, get them off the fastball and, you know, make them respect, you know, the, the outer half of the plate. Um, so yeah, I think that's why I threw it a lot more. And then the results that I was getting off it were positive. Um, so I just kind of kept rolling with it. And so you were saying before I me, mean, as far as 2021 goes, you have about six months now. It, it kind of stinks that you have this giant wall between those three starts and when you actually need to go and do it again and be in rhythm. Is that your major focus? I, I know you did mention, like, yeah, I want to you know, get that change up going. But is it curveball? Is it slider more? Is it if you can fix one thing or really, I don't want to say fix. I want to I want to say develop or improve in one area. Uh, what would you say that is? Um, I think it- I think it would probably be, you know, consistency. I think Hmm. that would be the one thing that I want to really get better on is being consistent, you know, and really hammering out that routine um, and sticking to it and and trusting and being consistent and being present, you know, being present pitch by pitch uh, just because your brain can wander a little bit. Um, So that's something that I'm really working on, you know, is just being consistent and being present, you know, every day, making every throw count and, you know, never taking anything for granted. Um, I think that's something that, you know, I'm going to really put an emphasis on it, you know, as far as, but there's a whole nother baseball side where my focus is, you know, when I'm playing catch and uh, trying to send a curveball better and trying to get the change up to fade a little bit more. Um, I got to say, I, uh, you actually answered the next question I was going to have because the, the pitch staff has been having a debate for weeks and weeks, probably years um, and I want to know your opinion. You just gave it to me, but when you throw a ball with someone else, do you play catch or have a catch? Play catch. Yeah. Play catch. I'm That's a have like a catch, a, man. You say, like you just you're gonna go have a catch. That's what you say. Yeah, let's have a catch. Interesting. Do you say it's like a meal? You're sharing chunk, it with them. You chunk or chuck a baseball? Oh, you chuck it. You chuck it, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. People say chunk. I don't know why that. Chunk? I don't know how that? Yeah. Like I'm gonna go chunk. I'm gonna go chunk this. 
That's a that's a noun. I, no, that's I'm I'm telling you, I'm like the only time you chunk is like in golf if you hit too much grass. I don't eat, I don't you play know, golf, so, so I don't even know what that is. So like yeah, it's one hundred percent chunk. Yeah, they'll say chunk, and I I don't get it. I think it's like a might be a southern thing. They say chunk it. I don't know. Well, that's, we're fifty fifty here. It's it's have a catch for me. Very disappointing catch. play catch, but you know maybe I'll, I'll add that out. We'll see. <laughs> no. Um, all right. One more. One more question. This is one we asked everybody. Uh, it, I think it speaks a lot to what you focus on and just kind of the fun moments of your entire career. I mean, you've been playing baseball for your whole life. You know, little league, middle school, obviously college, and now the majors. And what is the single pitch or at bat that stands out to you the most? It would probably be. I think. Yeah. Nelson Cruz, when I pitched against him in high A in 2019, hmm. um, he made a rehab start. And then um, that was the first big league hitter that, like, you know, very, very good and very, you know, accomplished big league hitter that I faced where it was just like, all right, you know, a, a different level of competitiveness and focus were kind of brought out to me, you know, that, that at bat and that game. Um, cause I think it was rehabbing with Fort Myers. I think that's their affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was like a big, a big, just like the first big league hitter that I faced where I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is a big league hitter and I'm watching him and he's on the same field, you know, as me and, right. and playing the same game as I am. Um, so that How'd was a pretty do? cool moment for me. Uh, he hit, almost killed me the first at bat with a line <laughs> drive up the middle and then I struck him out <laughs> the next two times. Uh, there so you that, go. Was, that was a cool, you know, a cool moment for me. And then facing him again, you know, and he hit a home run off me. But uh, yeah, this it was cool how like, you know, I faced him then and then I faced him now and he probably doesn't remember me, but I remember him really well. <laughs> um, so That's yeah, great. that was pretty cool. I mean, don't worry, he hits home runs off of everybody. Yeah, so. you know, change up. That was the first team change up that he hit out. So that's hmm. why I got rid of that pitch. He <laughs> he he took it out of my repertoire. So that's why we, we should that. thank him for it. It's a much better yeah. pitch now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, much better. Um, but really, Tarek, thank you so much for taking the time. This is fantastic. Really, really cool to to get a, a glimpse into to your experience and and what you're doing out there. We're all incredibly excited for what's ahead for you. Uh, and uh, yeah, really, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.